handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Well, you know, we're going to be talking about potential of resigning Justin Houston. You know, there'd been a report from Stephen Holder, Stampy Blue put it out that it says things are made fluid with veteran Justin Houston, who's still talking with the team, could be resigned. Team's also in talks with several veteran edge players, according to a league source. So we thought, hey, let's talk about why we'd want to bring back Justin Houston, some pros, some cons with that. And then, you know, if we didn't bring back Justin Houston, let's talk about some other potential edge guys. Now, not all these guys we're going to be 100% on board with. We're just kind of giving off some names of some veteran edge guys that could fill the role if Houston indeed isn't re-signed. Derek, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of of the hope that Justin Houston does get re-signed because I think he's been a nice veteran presence for this Indianapolis defensive line, especially at defensive end, where there's a lot of youth right now, a lot of young guys. Really, the only guys that are under contract right now are Kamoko Ture and Ben Banigou, former second-round picks, and neither of those guys have lived up to their draft billing, at least at this point in their career. So, you know, saying that, we can start and kind of talk about some pros for Justin Houston, why we'd bring him back potentially. I know we kind of said we would. Let's talk about why we would. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, like you said, the big uh, initial thought of it is that he is the veteran presence on this defensive line. And would due to the fact that, you know, you have so many young, inexperienced pieces on the defensive end position, you know, it makes sense to keep a veteran around, especially a, uh, a vocal leader as well. You know, when we've seen all the time how – He's the vocal guy. He is the hype-up guy for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, he's just got that going for him that a lot of players can't do. And then on top of that, I mean, the one thing that I would say on top of the veteran leadership that he provides is we've said it all the time how inconsistent he can be, but there was a graphic that ESPN put up showing PFF had stated that he is the eighth most effective defensive end in the NFL at getting pressure on the quarterback. So, you know, while his sack numbers don't always live up to expectation or live up to what we hope he gets, you know, he does quite often get pressure on the quarterback on that side. So, you know, even though we know he's only going to start getting worse, you know, we know that he is capable of being able to still have something left in the tank And when you have the ability to get a guy for cheap that is a veteran that can still provide for you a few sacks here and there, provide some pressure, you know, that does make a lot of sense to keep someone like that around. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same stat that you were referencing, but uh, highest pass rush win rate as an edge defender. Last year, Justin Houston was sixth, right behind Joey Bosa, ahead of guys like Chase Young, J.J. Watt, Harold Landry, Demarcus Lawrence. So, you know, saying that, it's really awesome that uh, Justin Houston is just still continuing, even at his age, to be an effective guy getting after the passer, right? So I definitely love that. Like he's still, you know, he still provided a good, I think, 
presence for you there in that locker room. And you're right, Derek, talking about like just even, you know, off the field, the kind of veteran presence that he is, kind of the stability that he provides at that def- young defensive end position I'll add. I think it's it's crucial to bring him back because he's been in the system a couple of years now. He's been productive in the system as well. And I guarantee you the guy, he was a captain last year. So these guys in the locker room will listen to him. They will rally around him. He's one of those key players. And especially losing guys like Phillip Rivers and some other team captains, I think it's crucial potentially to just bring him back for that continuity's sake. And you already had lost to Nico Autry. So yep. I, I know we kind of talked about, we feel like the Colts before Danico Autry left and went to Tennessee, we were like, we want them to resign either Houston or Autry. Now that Autry's gone, I feel like Houston's kind of should be a priority right now because of all those things that I said. So well, what are some cons though, for why we maybe could see the Colts moving on from Justin Houston this next season? Well, ultimately again, you know, I don't know. Like, well, because now we're in the option now where the Colts only really have a few different options to go with an edge rusher, and that is either sign another veteran or draft one, or Mm -hmm. you just roll with the crew that you got. I mean, you know, and Ballard seems to have some kind of faith in that group. I, I think you and I have been pretty adamant that we aren't as inspired by the defensive end talent that we have there right now. So, you know, that's one of the reasons you said, like, with Danico Autry now being gone, the need to re-sign a guy like Justin Houston or a veteran like him is at an all-time high right now, especially with, you know, we have no idea how the Colts are going to take this in the draft. I mean, we don't know if they're going to get a defensive end, and there's very few defensive ends, in my opinion, in the draft that really alters a defense from day one. So that's my issue with it. And with a con with bringing back at Justin Houston, you know, like, I don't know. it Cap's never an issue because, you know, he's about to be 33. Again, just the lack of consistency on the defensive end position and in the run game as well. You know, we've said it all the time. He's, for the most part of his career, he's been a pass rush specialist. He's never been a great run defending defensive end. Uh, Danico Autry really filled that role really well last season, and that was ultimately why I thought the Colts were going to keep him because of his ability to also rush the passer, but being able to set the edge in the run game, he improved on that so well. Justin Houston wasn't like that. So, you know, he's limited to what you can use him for. So that kind of concerns me that you let the one guy go that got to the pass rusher almost as much as Houston, but was also the much better run defender. I mean, it makes sense. He's at this point in his career, he's not going to be a three down defensive lineman for you. So that is definitely a con as well, like to go with that. Like he, he's just going to be a situational guy. So you're still going to have to address that. I feel like even if you do bring him back, but I think that's going to be the case with any of these guys. So like that point really doesn't like a huge one for me, um, but we can move on now to some of these guys. Say the Colts decide to go a different direction, decide to look at one of these veterans. We're going to kind of go down the list here from, probably the guys we'd least prefer or the guys that are probably the the worst to the best guys um, that are still available on the market. And we can start with a guy that's kind of bounced around the last couple of years, was with a division rival part of last year. That's Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley, former first-round pick in 2015, eight overall by the Atlanta Falcons. He's only 28 years old, so he's probably one of the younger guys here of these veteran guys. Uh-huh. But – 
you know, the, the last couple of years just haven't been great for him. I mean, honestly, you kind of look at the stats and they're just nothing's eye popping. You know, when he was in Atlanta, you kind of were like, okay, you know, like he was looking pretty good the first couple of years. And then he's kind of tapered off the last few years in terms of sacks. Uh, Derek, what are your thoughts on a guy like Vic Beasley? Yeah, you said it exactly right. I mean, in the first couple of years in Atlanta, was really showing out. I mean, he, there was one season where he was tops near the top in the league in sacks. So it was like, oh, you know, Vic Beasley is about to be a uh, a pretty solid guy here in the NFL. And then all of a sudden, you know, he just started tampering off for whatever reason. I think it also had a lot to do with how the lack of help on the defensive end from Atlanta altogether kind of just did not play in his favor. He really got targeted a lot more by double teams and you know teams really started taking advantage of him because they knew they could take advantage of him over everybody else then you know he moves on to Tennessee a lot of issues there you know it was it was personal issues and then it was you know on the field stuff I mean the great thing with the big Beasley is if you decided to work a contract with him like you said he's the youngest of the bunch still inside of 30 years old so you it, this screams a lot to me like a Danico Autry kind of thing. Cause Danico Autry was, was 28 as well when we brought him in and Vic Beasley at his peak, I think was better than Danico Autry was. And am I saying Vic Beasley's going to to return to that when he comes to the Colts? No, but you have seen him at his peak. You saw what he was able to do. And I think you could really do a lot of things with him. I, I'm still not sold on him right now because I've seen so much inconsistency for a long time, but it will probably not be passing Ballard to maybe think about it. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's really a guy I'm not too interested in. I mean, the age certainly is, is kind of enticing, but yeah, the last couple of years, he just hasn't been really that good. If we're being honest, let's move on to another guy who very interesting prospect. That's Adrian Claiborne, Claiborne, 32 years old. He, uh, a couple years ago, man, he was lighting the world on fire. I mean, this guy was going crazy. I remember that one game where he had a ton of sacks. I don't, I'm trying to fu- pull it up here. Pardon me. But I remember a few years ago, Adrian Claiborne was just lighting the world on fire. Yeah. So that was with the Atlanta Falcons in 2017. It was his best season with nine and a half sacks. So, you know, the last couple of years, though, he hasn't really been up there in sacks. I mean, last year had three and a half with Cleveland. The year before had four with Atlanta. So, you know, the last few years, his statistics, at least in terms of sacks, have kind of tapered off a little bit. Yeah. But he still is an interesting option nonetheless. You know, he's he's a little bit bigger than Justin Houston. He's about 280 pounds. So, I don't know. I kind of like him a little bit. I like Adrian Claiborne. I think he's just an overall solid player. He's nothing spectacular. What are your thoughts on maybe a guy like Claiborne? I mean, if we're going honestly here, I think that it would just be better just to keep Houston around. Houston's a lot more consistent. And, you know, like you said, with Claiborne being 32 years old, I mean, the sack numbers continue to go down. And it's not even like he's a relatively decent presence at rushing the passer anymore. He's not even – he's barely in the ballpark anymore when it comes to these kinds of numbers. So I am completely against trying to go for Claiborne. I mean, as much as I talk about inconsistencies with some of these veteran guys, Claiborne is the perfect example of it. I really do not want that. Okay. Fair enough. 
Uh, let's move on to another guy. It's a little bit younger. Ronald Blair, 28 years old, former, I believe, fifth round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the 49ers back in 2016. He's a guy that's never really had gaudy numbers in terms of getting after the passer, but you know, he's a guy that's been consistently solid for the 49ers. Just he, he played, he was actually injured and didn't play all of 2020. Uh, he tore his ACL. What are your thoughts on a guy like maybe like Ronald Blair that maybe has a little bit of upside, still a little bit younger? What are your thoughts on maybe a guy picking up a guy like him or kicking the tires on a guy like him? I mean, you know, 14 sacks in four years. So, you know, you get an average of three and a half sacks has never really been a big sack number guy. And I think, let me see the size of this guy. Cause yeah, yeah. six, four, 270 is not too bad. Yeah. Forced a fumble in 2017 and, uh, recovered a fumble in 2019. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, again, it's what you see in the potential of that player with him being 28 years old. I mean, you know, like you said, younger bunch is able to do, you maybe have a few more years to maybe think about it and work it out. And like you said, that ACL is kind of a concern, but, yeah, you know, guys have come back from ACL injuries and have uh, proven to be still reliable players to this day. And you could probably get him for a lot cheaper too than some other options because of the fact of that ACL. So that is an intriguing option. Yeah. Right, let's move on to another guy, a little bit more well-known guy here, Olivier Vernon here. Previously played with Cleveland, had nine sacks a year ago, 30 years old. He just turned 30 back in October, 6'2", 262 pounds. Derek, this guy is very intriguing to me. I mean, he's been pretty productive throughout his career. Uh, and the biggest knock, I guess you'll have to keep in mind, obviously the age, but also he suffered an Achilles injury that forced him out of the playoffs completely. And we know like Achilles injuries, sometimes those are not to be messed with, man. But what are your thoughts on potentially kicking the tires on a guy like Olivier Vernon? Because I'm actually pretty on board with with looking into him a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, Vernon's one of the few uh, edge guys that are veterans in this league that I'd actually be okay with. I mean, for the most part, you, like you said, for most of his career, has been relatively productive. You know, the numbers have never been eye-popping, but consistently have always been there. You know, it's kind of been the same thing with Justin Houston over the last few years, that, you know, every time you step on the on the field, you know Vernon's there. You know, he's never been the number one guy. You know, he's had to deal with other teams and their number ones, and especially working alongside Miles Garrett has certainly helped with that as well. But I think I think Vernon's a very intriguing option. You know, he's you can take out the factors here. You just look at the production. The production is much more consistent and it's much better than a lot of some of these other veterans that are here on the board now. So if we're looking at other veteran guys to sign, I am totally down with Vernon to be the next one for us. Yeah, I mean, he, you look at his stats like the last couple of years, besides really his 2019 season he's been pretty productive throughout his career you know like I mentioned nine sacks a year ago then in 2018 he had seven sacks same with 2017 2016 had an eight and a half so he's consistently been around that seven to eight sack range throughout most of his career so that's definitely a guy here's another guy that's very interesting uh, a little bit older as well but when he was at the peak of his career he was probably one of the best pass rushers in the league and that's Melvin Ingram, 31-year-old, former Los Angeles slash San Diego Charger defensive end. You know, he's just a guy that's just, oh, man, I love – I've always loved Melvin Ingram. I know the age, obviously, is 
it's a little bit concerning, but I personally love Melvin Ingram. What are your thoughts on potentially the Colts kicking the tires on him? I mean, you looking at him in his career, man, he has been really, really dominant. Yeah, and, you know, being alongside a guy like Buckner may actually help him with getting a lot more options to help him out specifically. You said it, the age is one thing, but, you know, Melvin Ingram has always been a very good defensive end in this league. And another veteran, like you said, that amongst this group of guys that are left has pedigree to go along with it, right? So that's one of the few things that I look for is, you know, a guy that may not want to be done just yet. And I think Melvin Ingram wants that last little uh, dance to be able to show people that he's still got it. And he's still he's still semi-respectable on the edge, too. He has a, a great repertoire of moves to be able to get to the edge rush. So I think Melvin Ingram, for the right price, is definitely a good option. One thing to go along with the age is just the injury last year. Uh, he missed, I believe it was 10 games that he missed in total due to like a nagging knee injury. So, you know, factor those two together. It's never a great combination when age meets injury. So that's something the Colts would have to monitor as well. Melvin Ingram, though, I mean, when he's been on, man, he's been on. All right, there's two more names we're going to look at. One name that's really, really popular, and that's Ryan Kerrigan. was with the Washington football team for a long, long time. Has always been a solid veteran guy. Now, obviously, the last couple of years with kind of their addition and obviously with Chase, the Chase Young addition, he's kind of been put on the back burner a little bit as a pass rusher. He's got some of his snaps taken away from him, but he's still been productive when been on the field. What's your opinion here on potentially the Colts kicking the tires on Ryan Kerrigan? Kerrigan is an intriguing option because he's one of the few guys that really lost nap count, but at the same time, he's shown that he's got a lot left in the tank. They showed that on 40% of his snaps was getting pressure on the quarterback in some way, shape, or form. And I mean, his snaps were cut down by like 30-40% over the last couple years to make room for these other big-name defensive ends that have been coming into this team. So Kerrigan, while you know being one of the few guys that has lost snaps over time, has really shown he's actually been the opposite of a lot of these guys where he's shown you in the limited snaps he's gotten has really been productive, which is exactly what I think you could use in this system because you can use him as a third down guy. You can use him as in situational football that you know you're going to use him for and not have to use him as a, third, a three down guy. So Kerrigan is one is the name here that probably intrigues me the most because I've see, I see the numbers and it's lining up perfectly for what Ballard likes to see out of his defensive ends. Yeah. I mean, you talked about the last couple of years, his sacks have kind of gone down with his snaps. Well, whenever he's really been able to really have the, the bulk of the snaps, he has been ultra productive. I mean, this guy has consistently been a double-digit sack guy pretty much throughout his career. The last two years, has had five and a half sacks the last two years, respectively. So, But, you know, the year before that, he had 13 sacks in 2018 and 2017 had 13 sacks. So, I mean, I'm just kind of like, if you give this guy more snaps, more opportunities – Maybe he can kind of get back to that form a little bit, but he is 32 also. He may be slowing down a little bit, but from what we've seen, Derek, it looks like he might be a guy that the Colts should be really interested in. Even if he is, like you mentioned, just a situational pass rusher, the Colts 
really have struggled. That's been a big thing they've had on that defensive end position. It's just guys that can consistently put pressure on the quarterback. But Ryan Kerrigan, with his pedigree, has shown he's more than capable of doing that, even at the age of 32. So yeah. he's definitely a very interesting name. I mean, this is a name that – this last guy here is a name that – I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. He's was a former first overall pick a few years ago, right? That's yeah. Davey and Clark. And I know there's, this is going to be probably a, a little bit of polarizing guy for a lot of fans because there's been a lot of questions on a lot of different things with Jadavian Clowney. But I think the thing that's very interesting, Derek, is like he's still fairly young. I mean, he's only, what, 28 years old? So he just turned 28. He's got so much talent. I don't know, man. Like, I know a lot of people are just writing this off, but like he seems like maybe probably the most surest thing right now in terms of you know, youth and then also guys that have kind of proven it a little bit. He's never lived up to that number one overall billing, obviously. Right. But the talent is there. He's not that old. I personally would be okay with bringing in Jadavian Clowney if it is for a reasonable price. But I, I'm curious your thoughts on potentially bringing him in. Well, I mean, there was a report that came out just a few days ago. I think it was even yesterday. Somebody saying that it is very unlikely – that Jadavian Clowney will be returning to the Titans because he would have to take a massive pay cut to do so. Now, the funny thing is, I don't necessarily think that he wants to get a low ball contract because I think he still thinks he's worth in the tens of millions of dollars to whoever wants to pay him. And, I mean, Cody, I'm just going to be honest here, man. He has never lived up to the hype. Never. No. He has never no. been an elite pass rusher that we all saw in college. I think that as soon as he got that taste of fame from the media, from that hit he laid on that Michigan running back it, in his junior year of college, he has never been the same player since. He has always chased the money. He has always chased the fame. And he's never put the work in to be able to be an elite pass rusher in this league. And it really does suck because, like you said, he's got the perfect intangibles to be an elite pass rusher in this league. He just never fully applied himself, even in this last year where there were multiple times he was practically a healthy scratch for a lot of it because the people were just like, we're not getting any production out of this guy. Yeah, he's great at run defending. I mean, what's the most sacks he's ever gotten in a season? Was it like eight? Um, let me look here. It is nine and nine and a half a few years ago when he was nine and a half. Yep. Yeah, nine and a half when he was still with Houston. I mean, it is it's one of those things where I just don't like the he the mindset of the player. It's not that I don't like the player's intangibles and what he can baby bring, but he's chasing the money and I don't think his head's right. I really just don't. And and I don't need that in our locker room. I mean that's fair. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And to clarify, because we're going to have some people in the comments, I'm talking about in terms of like overall as a player, I feel like, yeah, I know the work ethic is is a big concern for me. I probably wouldn't bring him in, honestly, but like, you know, he hasn't been a bad pass rusher. I think he's the most probably complete defensive end, right? Because you talk about like even Justin Houston, like he struggled a little bit to stop the run while Jadavian Clowney can kind of do a little bit of both. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. the pass rush isn't where you want it to be, but he can still get to the passer if he applies himself, which is a big if, you know? Right. So I don't know. There's, there's a lot of guys here that I would be potentially interested in, but yeah. honestly, man, unless it's like a Ryan Kerrigan, 
I'm honestly probably more inclined to say just bring back Justin Houston. I don't want to deal with the headache of a Jadavian Clowney, the question marks of a Melvin Ingram, or you know one of these other guys who I feel like are inferior players at this point to Justin Houston. I'd rather just bring back a guy that we don't have to worry about character. We don't have to worry about work ethic. We know he's a very much a sure thing. Yeah, maybe the production has kind of gone down and tapered a little bit the last, especially last year, but he's still a nice situational pass rusher there. That's probably what I would do. Derek, are you kind of right there with me? Or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm feeling the exact same way, man. Unless it's Kerrigan, unless it's a Vernon, honestly, I'm just ready to just try and get a deal done with Justin Houston at this point. Yeah. Even the, uh, who who are you saying? Vernon. Even the Vernon injury scares me a little bit. You know, I like him as a player, but I'm like, oh, Achilles injury, you know, right at the end of the year. Will he even be back? I'd probably just go Justin Houston. I feel good about that. So, but I'm curious what our listeners think. What do you guys think? Would you like to go bring back Justin Houston? Would you like to kick the tires on one of these other guys? Who knows? Maybe the Colts kind of do both. Maybe they bring back Houston. Can we, they put, a tally? Can we put a tally on how many times Cody said kick the tires in this episode? I want somebody to look back at it and I want somebody to give me a number. Put it in the comment section. I want to know. I'm All right, you're going to get roasted when I, when I hear you saying something. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I you, know. You remind me. You went away from obviously for a while. So Anyone that reaches the back end of this podcast, I need you guys to put a tally in the comment section. How many times he said it? It's like two or three. No. Um, you, you, you. <laughs> or ten. I don't know. Folks, just, folks just, do, just do me a favor. Do me a solid, okay? I'm too lazy to do it myself right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies, too. I'm kind of sick right now, so I'm doing okay, it. Man. I love you guys. That's the only reason I'm doing it. So, but uh, all right, guys, let us know in the comments. Thanks so much for tuning in for Derek and myself. And as always, go Colts. Yeah.